Welcome to Voice Over Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? I'm Russell, founder of Newton Media Group, and today is February 3rd, 2023. Today's bonus episode comes from Nick Trenton's book, How to Therapize and Heal Yourself. And we'll be looking at some specific techniques from CBT and the ACT therapy process for learning how to manage day-to-day stresses and crises. Thanks for joining us. We've spent time exploring who we are, what we're made of, and how we got to be made that way. But even once we've gained great self-awareness and are conscious of how we work at every level, does that mean we never experience any discomfort, stress, or adversity in life? Of course not. In this final chapter, we're looking at ways to use self-therapy not simply to deepen our self-knowledge, but also to tackle more singular problems that emerge in everyday life. No matter how well-adjusted we are, we will all encounter stress, disappointment, loss, or even trauma. Genuine resilience comes from knowing how to manage and cope. In CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, The focus is on becoming aware of and changing negative or unhelpful beliefs, as we saw in the first chapter. But sometimes, this can be extremely difficult to do. If you're stuck in the middle of a crisis or dealing with someone who is extremely challenging, you're not likely to have the presence of mind to sit down with a journal and rationally pick through your thoughts. But what we can do at crisis points like this is use a technique from ACT, or Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. It's a process called Cognitive Diffusion, and it's essentially a way to let go of internal resistance or struggle. With CBT, we might actively engage a faulty or distorted belief and work with it. With Cognitive Diffusion, we don't engage with it at all. We simply find ways to accept, release, and let go of the struggle that tells us This is a problem. I hate this. It has to stop. Cognitive diffusion, which was first called cognitive distancing by Dr. Aaron Beck, the founder of cognitive therapy, is a way that we can choose how to relate to our thoughts and feelings in different situations. The key insight of cognitive diffusion is that we can have emotions and thoughts without necessarily reacting to them. To understand how it all works, let's consider what Beck understood as cognitive fusion, i.e. being fused with your emotional and experiential perception. In this state of mind, your thoughts and your direct experiences get so mixed up that you can't tell them apart. A big part of what makes us human is our constant appraisal, interpretation, and reaction to reality around it, filtered through our unique perspectives. We take our experiences and put them into groups, break them down, judge them, compare them to others, and formulate expectations and conclusions. All of these mental processes, however, contribute to fusion, the state of being completely identified and bonded with our experiences. This is what the mind does naturally, and it's a good way to solve most problems. In fact, Our cognitive abilities can sometimes lead to the desirable and satisfying state of flow, 
in which there's no difference between the self and an interesting, challenging task. Our collective achievements in science, technology, and the arts are based on this form of thinking. But often, these labels and judgments are negative and global, like, I'm worthless, I'm a failure, he's selfish, or they're mean. Then, these judgments are no longer thoughts we're having or feelings we're temporarily experiencing. They become a part of us. They come to define us and our experience. A simple example will illustrate. Remember Jamie, whose bipolar-style mood swings stemmed from a deep sense of his own inadequacy? When Jamie's experiencing a high, he is totally fused with that feeling of elation. He is that euphoria. He loses all perspective and dives deep into that feeling. Similarly, when he's down in the dumps, he's so identified with that feeling that he completely forgets how he felt just a week ago. He doesn't say, I'm feeling pretty depressed at the moment, but rather, I'm a depressed person. The world is nothing but despair, and I am a total failure. See the difference? Fused. We're totally subsumed, identified, and fused with our thoughts and feelings. Defused? The thoughts and feelings are there, but they don't completely define us or our situation forever. Jamie often rode a hellish roller coaster of emotions because he was firmly fused with those emotions. It's like being chained to that roller coaster car, dragged along with every rise and fall. But being defused is more like watching the roller coaster car from somewhere far removed, safely on the ground. You can see that your emotions are rising and falling, but that doesn't mean you have to completely surrender and go along with them. This is where the act notion of acceptance comes in. When we push against and resist a particular thought or feeling, we are fused with it as when we grasp hold of it. For example, if Jamie notices a dark mood beginning to creep over him and he unconsciously says, No, 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 a depression is coming. This is a bad thing. He's just as embroiled with that sensation, just as powerless as when he decides to prolong any good feelings that come his way. This is important. Diffusion is not the same as resistance. Rather, resistance and clinging are both forms of fusion, two sides of the same coin. So, what does diffusion look like? Does it mean we have to be bland, empty, emotionless? Not at all. We have all the same reactions, knee-jerk responses, and spontaneous feelings and thoughts as we always do. But when we are diffused, we understand thoughts as thoughts. We see feelings as feelings. We understand that even though we are scared or angry or sad, it doesn't mean that we'll always feel that way. We also understand that just because we experience something, it doesn't mean we are compelled to act. This is truly liberating. Feelings and thoughts are just that. Feelings and thoughts, that's all. Just temporary electrochemical activity in the brain. Just a momentary ripple in the pond. They're nothing unless we choose to fuse with them and allow ourselves to be compelled by them. 
ACT reminds us that we have a choice. Using the ACT model, we can deliberately practice diffusing from our emotions and thoughts. Importantly, we're not getting rid of them. Remember, resistance is just another form of fusion, but rather changing our relationship to them. Here are four key techniques to try the next time you're feeling overwhelmed by negative emotions. Technique one, distancing. Think of fusion and defusion in terms of distance. Too close and we're fused, but with a little distance, we can gain perspective and some breathing room. We're not the same thing as our thoughts and feelings. There's a little gap between them and us. If we take on an observer role, we're no longer in the active player role, and we automatically create some psychological distance. How do we create that distance? Well, there are many ways, but try the following. One, just pause and become aware. Two, zoom in on a negative or overwhelming thought or emotion. Three, try to get a sense of how close you currently are. Do you fully believe the story that you're telling yourself? Are you immersed in it? Four, add some distance. You could use language, for example, by saying, my brain is having the thought that, or there's a feeling happening right now. Additionally, instead of saying, I'm a failure, you gain distance by saying, my brain is having the thought that I'm a failure right now. Five, adding today or right now adds some temporal distance, i.e., you phrase things so that the current phenomenon is understood to be temporary. Instead of, I'm struggling, you can say, I'm struggling at the moment. This adds some distance because it implies there will be a time when this emotion or thought will stop. 6. Use visualization and imagine the thought or feeling as a picture, a symbol, even a little cartoon character. Maybe you see your anxiety as a literal brick wall that spells out the letters anxiety. Or maybe you picture your critical inner voice as a nagging little insect that's following you around, speaking in a squeaky voice. So, for Jamie, when he notices that he's sinking into a depression again, he doesn't resist, nor does he sink down immediately with that feeling. Instead, he tries to stand outside that feeling adopting the perspective of someone who is watching the event unfold. Oh, I can feel that my mood is dropping a little today. Even saying my mood is dropping rather than I am feeling depressed creates a sense of distance. The depressed mood may still come, and it may be as strong as ever. Only now, Jamie is outside that storm rather than right at its center. Technique 2 Labeling. When we're fused with a thought, it seeps into everything and feels exactly identical to reality. We may not know what we are experiencing, only that we are experiencing. However, when we put a label on something, we can immediately see that it is something that has a reality outside of us and that is just a thing. Have you ever noticed how thoughts and feelings seem so big and intimidating? And yet, once you share them verbally with someone else, they seem so much 
smaller somehow? This is the power of labeling at work. How to label? One, simply describe what is happening. Slow down, become aware, and try to just describe what you're perceiving without judgment or evaluation. Consult your five senses and see what data they are sending you. Jamie may pause one afternoon and think, I notice a light fluttery feeling in my stomach. My jaw feels tight. I seem to be moving around very quickly. I can hear the sound of my own voice, and it's higher pitch than normal. Two, once you've done this, you may also find yourself describing actions and events, i.e. how you're engaging with the stimuli around you. My mind is noticing a fluttery feeling in my stomach. My mind is telling me a story about what that means. I notice I'm having a memory about this feeling from the past. I notice I'm thinking of my father. If you've been practicing becoming aware in this way for some time, you might recognize old patterns and habits, and you may even be able to say things like, I can see that I'm catastrophizing again, or I am having a cognitive distortion. You might be surprised to find just how repetitive your most stressful and unpleasant thoughts really are, and that if you only pay attention, many times it's exactly the same old thought popping up that you've had before. This can be an interesting realization that you are not responding spontaneously to the situation in the present, but have merely been triggered by something, and you run off along the same mental track that you habitually do. It can be quite the insight to realize that how you're feeling actually has nothing to do with the situation you thought it did but is more accurately an old script from the past that's playing out yet again. Technique 3. Leaves on a Stream Meditation Gaining psychological distance and giving labels to your experiences are things you do in the heat of the moment. The following technique can be used in this way too, but it's also a great daily practice that will flex your diffusion muscles and help you master the ability to step outside of your perspective when you're feeling overwhelmed. You can do this anytime. It's simple to do. 1. As with any mindfulness or meditative practice, sit somewhere comfortable where you won't be disturbed, close your eyes, and spend a moment becoming aware of your breath. 2. In your mind's eye, Picture that you're sitting beside a peaceful, flowing stream in a lovely forest. If it's easier, open your eyes and rest your gaze softly on some fixed point while you imagine this. 3. Now imagine that your mind is also like this stream, and it's flowing along with it. You'll notice that as your mind flows, thoughts and feelings and perceptions pop up automatically. With a calm, detached attitude, have a look at each one as it appears. Now, pick up a leaf from the forest floor. Imagine placing your thought on this leaf, and then float the leaf on the stream and watch as it carries the thought gently away out of your sight.
for. Another thought will pop up. It doesn't matter if it's a good thought or a bad one. It could be a thought, a feeling, or something neutral, like, I wonder if I'm doing the exercise right. Look at these just the same and put each one on its own leaf and send it down the stream. Even if you think, there are too many thoughts, I can't keep up, then guess what? That's also a thought. Onto a leaf it goes. Five, the stream goes at its own fixed pace. Nothing speeds up or slows down. You're not trying to get rid of a thought, and you're not holding on to it, wishing to keep it for a little longer. They just come and go at the pace of the river's flow. Six, some thoughts might get stuck, or they may seem to pop up again and again. That's okay. You might imagine that it swirls around a little on an eddy or gets snagged on the riverbank. Gently nudge it so it flows again. Watch as it goes until you can't see it anymore. Give each thought its proper due and then let it go. 7. You may occasionally get sidetracked and distracted by a thought and forget the exercise you're doing. No matter. The moment you're aware come back to it. Even if you feel irritated or upset by the detour, place that on a leaf. No matter how big or small a feeling, it will fit comfortably on a leaf, and it will pass. Practice this exercise daily, and you'll be surprised at how you can change your own relationship to the thoughts that pop into your mind. Jamie does this for a few weeks and finds that he's less reactive, less up and down. One day, he notices that something that ordinarily would have triggered him just seems to sit there, and he watches it, non-reactive. He thinks, oh, there's that trigger again. I guess I could follow it and go all along that same old path as I always do. But I think instead, I'll just watch it. It'll go before too long. And he's right. This has been How to Therapize and Heal Yourself, 15 Self-Therapy Techniques to Understand Your Past and Control Your Future, written by Nick Trenton, narrated by Russell Newton, copyright 2022 by Nick Trenton, production copyright by Nick Trenton. Please be sure to visit Amazon.com or Audible.com for more information on this book and the author. With an eclectic collection of water cooler knowledge, inspirational stories, and motivational thoughts from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Overwork Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.